Hey, it's Kimmy with the Metal Deli number 199. My show is 24 hours late, and I will tell you why. Because yesterday, when I was getting ready to record, I realized that nothing was working. And I'm a procrastinator to the extreme. I know it. I don't really have any desire to change it because it works for me. And so here I am, and it was last minute for the Metal Deli, and I had to get it all together, and it was just not flowing. So finally, I was looking at the clock and thinking, there's only going to be so long that I'm still able to do a show without falling asleep, and I decided to wait until today. So wouldn't it figure, of course, that I get into bed, and I'm ready to sleep, and then I'm wide awake, and I'm thinking, all right. Kim, get out of bed, start the show, just do it. It's, you know, it's a two-hour show, so it really takes about four hours to record, and I could do that. Like, it'll take me till three o'clock in the morning, but I had nothing to do today, so I thought I'd sleep in. And then I thought, well, but I took some Benadryl, and I would hate to be doing this show and get sleepy or woozy or uh, slur my words. That would That would be bad. So I stayed in bed, and I ended up being awake until 5 o'clock in the morning, and I could have done two shows, but whatever. So so this show is 24 hours late, and I apologize. But procrastination really is my favorite hobby, and I excel at it. I excel so well that I traveled to Boston recently to pick up my son and drive home from college, And I left packing until the very last minute. Well, it turned out that in between leaving packing for the very last minute and then packing at the very last minute, I got really pissed off at someone. Really, like, pissed off to the extreme where I was pacing and yelling and, oh. So then I threw everything into the suitcase I barely made it through security. They didn't want me on. They, they're like, you are about to faint. I'm like, get me on the plane now. I get on the plane, and in the middle of the plane, I decide I need something for my suitcase. So this very nice man gets it down for me. And I did pack a lot of stuff, but I didn't pack. So I, so I packed my toothbrush and my toothpaste and my medicine, and I packed my brush, and I packed my computer, of course, and my charging things for the phone and the computer, but what I didn't pack were clothes. Nothing. Zip. The only clothes I had were what was on my body, and I was traveling to Boston. Boston is a beautiful town. If you haven't been there, I highly suggest you go, but what they don't have are targets in the middle of of downtown Boston. There's no Walmarts, there's no Targets, there's no nothing. And so when I got to my son and he said something like, all right, let's, let's change for dinner. I said, well, babe, I don't have anything to change into. And he kind of looked at me strange, like maybe she didn't pack a, you know, a nice shirt. Maybe she just packed band t-shirts, which wouldn't be such a surprise. And I go, no, Mike, I didn't pack clothes. So yes, so I am a procrastinator. It kicks me in the ass sometimes. But other times, it works really well. So anyway, here we are with show number 199. And show number 199 should be a big show because the next show is number 200. And in any podcaster's 
life or career, 200 is amazing. Technically, you could do that in two years, but it's taken me 10 and <clears throat> we just won't talk about that. So anyway, I was going through all my music today and I wanted to talk about something that had happened to me a couple of months ago. And I was trying to think of the perfect person, the perfect artist to kind of showcase what happened to me. And so I picked Sean Peck. Now, Sean Peck is out of California and he's just a great dude. We've done interviews together um, about a couple different bands. And if you see him, if you go check out his page or any of his band pages, he doesn't look like the voice that you are about to hear singing. And I think that's kind of why it intrigues me so much. How does this man uh, who looks, with all due respect, Sean, you look like a man, <laughs> you, you know, get this voice. Like, how do you even find this voice? Like, what happens to you that you start singing this high? Was Sean Pecked kicked in the balls and then... So anyway, before I go any further, I'm just going to introduce you to Cage. This is one of Sean Peck's bands. This is not his most recent, but I, they will be coming later. Today is Sean Peck, Metal Deli number 199 day. He doesn't even know this is happening. So this is his band Cage with their song, I Am the King. You are listening to Kimmy and Metal Deli.
So that was Cage with the lead singer, Sean Peck. And if you're looking for them, if you want to want to find out more about them, they're on Facebook as at Cage Official. There's like a whole bunch of pages, uh, but that's where it is, at Cage Official. Now, Sean, I have said it, he, he does not look like the kind of guy who would have this voice. And I remember when I first got his music, just being very surprised <laughs> that he had this voice and he's his vocal range is amazing and we did do an interview together back oh my god seven years I don't even remember but he stayed on my radar and he's one of those guys that I told you about like last week or the week before who will help out other bands so he's in cage or he was and now he then he did death dealer and now he's got a new band that I'll play later. And But if if any of the bands near him are like, oh, dude, we need help, he just steps right in and helps. And I think that's awesome. And he also does these live vid streams of himself about to go into, um, where was he going? Oh, he was going to see Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. And he was talking about it. And I was laughing because I have never seen either band embarrassingly but he was so excited to go and then later he did post that he had a great time so so we will talk more about sean later in the show and then we'll talk about why he came to mind um a a, a personal story of my own and why he was forefront in my head this week and i didn't even tell him so hopefully he'll listen i did ask him him. I wrote him three times this week and I'm like, dude, I need your new music. Dude, I need your new music. And then finally today he's like, shit, Kimmy, I'm sorry. Here's my new music. So he did send it to me. So that is later. But for now, we're going to go with the Chicago group. And I have mentioned Earth and Grave quite a few times. I talked about how Mark Weiner was their lead singer and I just loved them. And Earth and Grave I really, I will play them in future episodes, but you really need to listen to them as much as you can because they're a doom band with a difference. So think of Guns N' Roses and think of Guns N' Roses when they first started and they were, you know, fresh off the streets, guys. And then later in their career, they started adding people to the stage there were backup singers and there were violin players and there were all these different uh, aspects of Guns N' Roses well Earth and Grave did that they had a violinist and it really made their music unique and you know what I'll I'll just play them later because now I've just talked them up but for right now we're going to talk about one of the guys who was in Earth and Grave his name is Tony Spillman And after Earth and Grave broke up, he started his own band called Spillage. He's a great guy, and I'm a few years late congratulating him, but he married a beautiful woman named Tracy within the last five years. I don't know when it was. She's a great, great chick. Um, And I I was, so one time I was in a show, And I was kind of standing toward the back because this is when I was still shy. And I was standing with a guy named Dustin Ritchie. And Dustin Ritchie was part of MHX Radio and they were hosting my show. So he had asked me if I would come out this night and do like a personal appearance. 
Well, one of the things that that people who listen to this show all the time know is that I have had a crush on Sebastian Bach forever, 87. So this has been going on a long time. And I talk about it a lot in the show, and there's a framed picture of the two of us in my studio. So that night, I'm standing with Dustin, and he's introducing me to everyone because I was very new to the metal scene. And he, this guy walks up to us, and he says, Kimmy, this is the son of your hero. So I look at the guy, and I'm thinking... No, I've seen pictures of Sebastian Bach's sons, and that, no, this is not him. This is not them. And Dustin saw me looking kind of like a deer in the headlights, and he goes, this is Tony Spillman's son. I'm like, oh, right, right, yes, my hero, Earth and Grave. Like, I was on a totally different wavelength. Anyway, Tony's son was really nice. Tony's really great. This is Tony's band, Spillage. And I will tell you a little bit more about their singer after the song, but this song is very new and it's Dirty Women Like Me. Dreams 
All right, so that was Spillage with Dirty Women. They are from Chicago, a place that I'm rather fond of. And I got to tell you that the whole band rocks. Tony is just nice, and he's he, he's just nice. He's really He's always been very cool to me. Nick, wonderful. Chris, the big man, Martins, he wears the Metal Deli shirt on stage during concerts, so... To me, that just absolutely gives him huge cred. I love him. Now, I haven't met Billy and I haven't met Paul, but um, soon, hopefully. Now, the, the lead vocals right now is Elvin Rodriguez. Now, it's been different people in the past. If you remember back to two shows ago, I did a couple three-fours for Lothar Keller, and he was their vocals, but right now it's Elvin Rodriguez. And I was kind of surprised when I heard it was Elvin, not for any reason other than, uh, well, he's not from Chicago. And so it always amazes me when a band can put together a band with members in different cities. So I had actually done an interview with Elvin Rodriguez a couple years ago when he was working for a band, Pain Savior. So why should Pain Savior be? of anything special to you? Well, first of all, their music's amazing. But Pain Savior is also awesome because it was led by Tracy G. If you don't know who Tracy G is, I'm going to help you out right now. He he is part of Dio. And if, if you're a metal lover and you don't know Dio, please do me a favor. Walk out of the room bang your head on the brick a couple times, come back in and look up Dio. Um, it, it's just that simple. So Elvin Rodriguez sang for Tracy G's solo project, let's call it, and Tracy G worked for Dio. So that's just huge right there. And Elvin is a great guy. We had a great interview. Um, but what's funny, and maybe I said this last time, I don't even know. Someone said to me, you never say anything bad about the music you play. And you never say anything, you never say when a musician is rude to you. And I was like, okay, dude, why would I play bad music on my show? That's number one right there. That would kind of be defeating my purpose. If I put bad music on the show, people aren't going to listen and my job is not to make you listen to bad music. That's dumb. That's just stupid. If you want to hear bad music, I don't even know where you should go. But it's not here on the Metal Deli. And I have never said that a musician is an asshole. Because A, I've only met one musician in all my time on the Metal Deli. That's an asshole. You can write to me and ask me if you think you know who it is. But I won't tell you. But Everyone else is super nice, which is kind of funny because when you when you look at uh, pictures of metal bands, they don't smile, they don't look welcoming. Um, <laughs> I'm probably the only metal dork in America who smiles huge for my pictures, but I just can't do that metal stare. Um, I guess in real life that would be called the, the resting bitch face, but I cannot do the metal stare. So anyway, so yeah, so Elvin Rodriguez is a good guy, really good guy, and I am going to play in his honor some music from Pain Savior. Work with me now, Pain Savior, Elvin Rodriguez, 
Tony G, Tony G deal. So Pain Savior, this is Life Beyond the Black. Oh, I'm having fun today.
So that was Pain Savior with Life Beyond the Black. And before I even heard the song, it kind of made me laugh because all metal band t-shirts are black. Seriously, all of them. It's almost like all metal musicians are colorblind. But anyway, (laughs) that was Elvin Rodriguez. He's a great guy. I will be posting all of my past interviews. I will. I just need some time. I procrastinate. It will happen. In this lifetime. In my lifetime. Hopefully. Because dying would screw up the lifetime thing. So I... I'm on a roll. So I played Cage, and then I played Spillage, and Spillage has Elvin Rodriguez. So then I played Pain Savior, which has Elvin Rodriguez, but Elvin Rodriguez was in Spillage with Tony Spillman, and Tony Spillman was in Earth and Grave. So I'm going to play some Earth and Grave. This is like the way, this is why I like to do podcasting. I don't like, like, sitting down and trying to figure out what would be fun. I like to have fun and share that with you and hope that you like get it that it's contagious that you feel my energy coming through you your phone i don't even know what else we carry anymore mp3 players your car radio so now earth and grave i'm not going to tell you their history because you can look it up themselves and i think that i really think that earth and grave's true talent was kind of overtaken by the celebrity of one particular band member. Now, I know the story. I'm a Chicagoan. I knew all about it way back when. But look that up for yourself. That's Earth and Grave. But I don't like to focus on that because I know the band. I know the guys. And I think their music was just so outstanding and I've heard them say so many times, well, so they were on the Today Show. I don't remember who interviewed them, but they were on the Today Show because of this one uh, musician. And I don't want to bring that to the Metal Deli. Great musician. Absolutely. You will never hear me say a bad word about this musician. But I don't think that's what Earth and Grave should be known for. I think they should be known for all of the amazing work they've done and truly all of the amazing work that they didn't do that they kind of put on the back burner in the hopes that they would all get back together and do one last you know kick-ass album and it didn't happen but i'm still holding out hope so anyway i'm I'm getting off of my soapbox this is earth and grave with my favorite song that they've done Maybe because I know the reason, but anyway, this is Earth and Grave with Blood Drunk.
Chicago, Earth and Grave, broke my heart when they broke up. I did, like, I was like, guys, sit down with me. Let's talk about this. Let's, let's just figure something out. We need another album. And they're looking at me like, you're a crazed fanatic. So the reason I chose that song is because Mark Weiner is a friend of mine. And I know that when we did an interview lots of years ago, that he specifically mentioned this song, that he wrote it from a place, you know, very deep within him. And, and for whatever, what was going on in his life at that time, this song just kind of flowed onto the paper. And if you're a writer of any kind, you'll know that there's two kinds of writing. There's the writing where you really like, you're working to come up with something. You're really like pulling from, you know, you just cannot get the words down. And then there's the times where your writing is almost as if someone else, God, a higher power, a freaky ghost, Beetlejuice, they're moving your hand. And I write, I write poetry and stories and diaries. And I know that feeling. I know that feeling where where I just take the pen to paper and it just comes out of me. And then when I read it later, I'm like, holy shit, that was like a therapy session. That was amazing. So Mark had told me, he's like, I did blood drunk at this specific time in my life. And it just made itself into a song. And so I always liked it, not only because I liked the song, but I liked knowing that, that it was Mark, that it was part of Mark. And it was um, you know, we always remember the things that mean the most to us. Like I could tell you 15,000 times I walked my kids in the park. But the one day that I walked my kids in the park and there was this stupid little girl twirling the swing around and around and around and then letting go and the swing twirled itself back and she smacked her head into the iron pole well, that day I remember. I guess it's what happens to make you remember what you're doing or what you did. And and blood drunk was that for Mark. And so I love it. And 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 I've told you, I, I actually have, I can't believe I did this. After Mark left Earth and Grave, he was going to sing one night for some other band. I can't remember their name. Something about spaceships. And he's like, Kimmy, you know, please come to the bar and, and I would love to have you um, deep space pilots, deep space pilots. That's who it is. So he said, I would really like for you to come to the bar tonight and listen to me sing for deep space pilots. So I thought about what could I wear? Like, what could I wear that would kind of still make me metal, but but give me that extra oomph that people would say, who is that chick wearing that shirt? So I printed out a picture of Earth and Grave, and I went to the t-shirt shop, the local t-shirt printing shop, and I had them cut out the picture of Mark, and they blew it up, and so I had a plain black t-shirt with a very deep v-neck, and if if you ever look at my pictures, you'll know why that's kind of important, and on the back, I just had his picture. And his picture went from my waist up to my shoulder blades. And I walked in and people were like, she's some crazy fucking fanatic fan. Like, do we need to warn Mark? And he just looked at the shirt. He's like, you are crazy. So anyway, yeah. So that night, he might tell me I'm wrong, but he was singing for Deep Space Pilots. But this was Earth and Grave Blood Drunk. Now, 
because I am connecting everything today. Um, Mark, so when I was on this crazy gotta get earth and grave back together kick, he introduced me to Ron Holzner. And I had no idea who Ron Holzner was other than earth and grave. Well, so it would kind of be like if you were to walk up to, you know, say, oh, I don't know, Rob Helford, and think you're just talking to a guy from the block. I was talking to one of the kings of Chicago metal. I had no idea. And he's wearing a cowboy hat. What the fuck is that? Uh, he grew, and again, he's a great guy. He's he's uh, nice. He's soft-spoken. He was very interested, or he acted very interested in what I had to say. He could have been a lion. Just the nicest guy, Ron Holzner. He clears a path when he walks into a venue because people are just shocked that Ron Holzner is here. So anyway, when Earth and Grave split up and so Tony Spillman went to Spillage and Ron Holzner went to the Skull. And the Skull is already touring all of Europe. Like I cannot get in touch with the guy. And oh wait, and so from a couple shows ago, Lothar Keller is in the Skull. You see how it like all becomes like this seven degrees of of Kevin Bacon, Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy. Seven degrees of Kimmy. That's what I'm just gonna call it. So um, I'm playing the skull next. I can't believe I'm already three quarters of the way through the first half of my show. Wow, it goes fast when you're having fun. This is the skull. And when I was choosing which song to play, they have a song called Till the Sun Turns Black. And I felt that that was very appropriate because Pain Savior's song was Life Beyond the Black. And this is just how my kooky brain works. And, and feel sorry for the people in my house because they can't follow it, but I follow it. This is the skull featuring Ron Holzner from Chicago till the sun turns black. And this is Kimmy from Chicago on the Metal Deli.
That I don't get very often on the Metal Deli is a love song. So for me, a girl, <laughs> a woman, I love a good love song. And I, I love even better a metal love song. And even more than that, a doom metal love song. Like That's like a trifecta. And I'm going to write to Ron afterwards and say that is like my theme song from now on that just I love it so but I do want to tell you when you look up these bands on Facebook if they have a lot of shows coming up if you type in the skull or pain savior or spillage or or whomever if they have a lot of shows coming up you might find that that comes up first so you'll type in the skull and you'll find all of these dates that they're appearing with all these other bands and and if you can you gotta go because whatever you hear on this on the metal deli is amplified times 10 in a venue it's just surreal to be to be experiencing this but um so so don't give up just look a little bit further down the page and you will find their band page with as much information as they weren't lazy enough to put on so um so, yeah, I like I like shows like these that they just flow. So we are near the half point mark of the show, and I wanted to tell you a story. And the story is a little long, so I'll make it as short as possible. But it's it's the reason that I played Sean Peck at the beginning in his band Cage, and I'm going to play him again after the story in his new band, The Three Tremors, and after, and then at the end of the show, I'll play Death Dealer, which Sean Peck was also in. But I want to tell you why all of this came together. So a couple months back, six months back, I don't even know what it was, I was in the hospital, and I'm, in, I'm a notoriously hard stick. It is very hard for nurses to get an IV in me. For whatever reason, I don't know. I don't care. All I know is that it's always hell, and it usually takes three people to figure out how to do it. So finally, they had gotten the IV, like, in my hand, right on my knuckle, which, as you can imagine, is very painful, and I was not happy. So they they whooped me up on morphine, and they weren't sure what was wrong with me, and so the doctor says... Uh, you know what? I want a CT with dye. So a CT scan is just, you know, they roll you into this machine and they take a picture and they roll you out. Well, a dye, the dye scan is, well, I don't even fucking know the reason. It doesn't matter. But what, what the matter is, is that certain things that they put into your IV need to be as close to your heart as possible. For instance, Heart medications, if you're having a heart attack and they're trying to stop it, they'll shoot your IV up with 
heart attack medications and that IV needs to really be as close to your heart as possible and the best possible place for that is inside your elbow or above. So they could not stick me and they could not stick me and I was getting really frustrated because it hurt and finally they brought in this nurse IV specialist and she brings in um she brings in a, a ultrasound machine and she's actually looking at all my veins while she's trying to poke them and I'm getting just anxious and anxious and I'm not happy. And so she calls this tech out of the other room and she said, I don't know what she calls him, dude. She calls him dude. She says, dude, come out here and stand on the other table of Kimberly, which that pissed me off, and talk to her. Get her mind off the fact that I can't get a needle into her arm. So this poor guy walks up and he's like, I don't know what to talk to you about. I'm like, great. I, you know, I gotta be, whatever. Thanks a lot. And I said, so what kind of music do you like? Well, to my great surprise, he says metal. <laughs> I know about metal. I can talk about metal. So I say, that's great. <laughs> what kind of metal do you listen to? And it takes me three times to really understand what he's saying. And then I, I go, wait. Did you say you listen to Polish metal? He's like, yes. I'm like, what the fuck is Polish metal? Now, and I didn't say this to him, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm hyped up on morphine. So maybe I'm not thinking straight. But in all the years I've done the metal deli and in all the years that I've listened to metal and in all my years as a human being on this planet, I have never heard of Polish metal. It is not a subgenre. So I say, what the fuck is Polish metal? And 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 so he tells me and he kind of explains it. And I said, okay, all right. I think I'm getting the feeling. And so I said, well, I want to let you know of a couple bands that I want you to listen to. And maybe I can turn you on to American metal that's Polish style or whatever. So I tell him about the band Cage and Death Dealer. I said, I love the guy who's the lead singer. I think this is exactly what you're looking for. And he says, how do you even know this? And I said, well, so I told him about my show. Well, voila, there's a needle in my arm and they're going to pump in the dye and they push me in the machine. And I stopped thinking about this guy because the morphine is really overwhelming. And um, when they put this dye into you, you feel this strange warmth all over you kind of like you've just urinated all over yourself and so they tell you ahead of time you didn't but it's going to feel that way so anyway they do the ct scan they bring me out and he comes running he comes running from the next room and he says oh my god i love cage i love death dealer that is exactly what i was looking for and i'm like yeah great whatever just go away and then he says you really are on a show and I go, what do you mean I really am on a show? And he says, well, I thought you were lying. <laughs> I thought the morphine made you lie and say you were a podcaster. And I remember that as high as I was, and I was super morphine high, I thought to myself, God, you're a dick. Anyway, he loved Sean Peck's music. So I've been waiting all these months to do a metal deli show featuring Sean Peck just so that I could have this guy listen to it and maybe believe I do a show. So I've been bugging Sean for a week 
And finally today, I wrote on his page, I'm like, wow, I know this great guy. And he kind of looks like this, and he's supposed to be a great singer, and I've been bugging him for music. He's like, okay, okay, Kimmy, I will right now. And he did. So his new band is called The Three Tremors. And this song, that's a really long introduction for a singer. I don't think I've ever done an introduction as long as I just did for you, Sean Peck. So you rock with your Polish American metal. This is the three tremors with invaders from the sky.
The Three Tremors with Invaders from the Sky. Now, I did not do my due diligence. And just now, as that song played, I was kind of looking up The Three Tremors and just kind of seeing what was going on in their world. And I see uh, from May 1st that, that their album had just come out. And Sean wrote... The debut album is out now with the song Fly or Die honoring the epic battle and savage attack on Pearl Harbor, one of the most important days in American history. So, how could I not how could I not play that? So, first of all, the stupidity is that I didn't read that beforehand, but the cool part is is that now you got Four songs from Sean Peck. You get Cage at the beginning. You get two, three tremors in the middle. And you get Death Dealer way at the end. So here we go. This is Fly or Die. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan.
Okay, so that was the three tremors with Fly or Die featuring Sean Peck. The guy rocks. He really, really rocks. Just uh, check him out. Sean is S-E-A-N. And I have to tell you, over my life, I have never really understood all these different variations of the name Sean. Uh, I grew up a Jewish girl. I am a Jewish girl, so there weren't a lot of Sean's in my life to begin with. But, um... No offense, Sean, I just never got the S-E-A-N spelling. And then there's that actor, he was in um, the Lord of the... No, he was in the trilogy. He was in that trilogy of the Lord of the Rings, right? Sean Bean. So Sean was spelled S-E-A-N, and Bean was spelled B-E-A-N. Well, that's a total mindfuck right there. You see that name, and you expect it to be... Uh, rhyming scene bean or sean bond i don't even know but it drove me nuts um and i think he was killed off and i only saw the first one i wanted to see them but whatever it just happened but i remember thinking that's a that's a screwed up name you gotta you gotta fix that there's just or maybe we'll get you more people checking you out i don't know but anyway so um the the, earlier this week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Matt from Eternal Winter. And you'll hear that interview later during the week. I'll, I'll tell you when it's up and you can go check it out. It's a very interesting interview because Matt's style of metal would best be described as theatrical metal or gothic metal. And, and you can listen to any of his songs in any order, but if you listen to his band's song, his band, whatever, all of his songs in, in a row, it's a story. It's a gothic novel that he, has, that he has made into songs. And it's just, to me, that is amazing. Like, it's hard enough to write one song, and now you're going to write ten, and they all connect. And on top of that, He's writing the novel to go with his song. So I think that was just amazing. We had a great interview. And I had planned on slipping a little of that interview into this show. Uh, But I don't know how to do that yet. So it's not going to happen. But it will be up in its entirety later this week. He was a great guy to talk to. Definitely introduced me to a new kind of metal that that I've heard but haven't really been able to understand uh, writing, you know, like, like, what comes first? Are you a musician? Are you an author? Is it metal? Like, what makes it metal? So anyway, he's very cool. And I said to him, I said, I don't understand why you're in Maryland. And he must have thought I was a total dork. He's like, well, where should I be? I said, you should be in California because, because I have a friend, Sean Peck. Sorry, Sean, I called you a friend. I have a friend, Sean Peck, and he has the same kind of vocal Uh, vocals that you do and Maryland is from all that I know it's doom this you're like in the wrong segment of America but so we had a great talk and uh you can hear that later on this week and I do have some very cool interviews lined up I would like to thank Ben from online metal promo and he is the guy who sets me up with so many interviews that I wonder if he thinks I leave my desk um, when I got in touch with him and I said, hey, and the Metal Deli is back, he said, oh, thank God I have 17 interviews for you to do. And I was like, uh, dude, I don't know where you're coming from. And so the first night that he scheduled interviews, 
the interviews were each an hour long, which is great. I think an hour an hour is a great amount of time to do an interview because you can find out not just about what the musician is doing now, but like literally how they got into the metal and how they learned to play and all this stuff. So he says, okay, you have a you have an interview at eight, an interview at nine, and an interview at ten. And I said, Ben, I, I, I mean no disrespect, but at what point during those three hours am I like allowed to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or like kind of listen to their music to remind me to remind myself who I'm speaking with? He's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, yeah, seriously. 15 minute breaks would be would be appreciated. So anyway, Ben is awesome. And so he puts out these compilation discs. And that's how I originally found, we're going back, this is all connected. That's how I originally found Sean Peck was from one of these compilation CDs. And this is how I found a lot of, of metal deli bands. Last week I played Maxwell Carlisle. He was on a compilation CD. And uh, in the past I have played Lord Lords of the Trident. And if you are interested in hearing any of my interviews, the two interviews that you have to listen to that are the best were Snoo. The first, the first interview I ever did was Snoo. You have to listen to that interview because it totally shows off how ill-prepared I was and how hilarious this, these guys are. And you have to listen to Lord of the Trident because they are, well, quite literally, they're from another world. And so I'm thinking it only makes sense for me to go check and see if I have some of their music on hand. You just stay there. You won't even know I'm gone. Guess what I have right here for you? I have Lords of the Trident. Now, I got to tell you, though, don't just listen to the music. Go listen to the interview. It's outstanding. And I don't mean me. I did a good job. But Lords of the Trident, they were just amazing to interview. Well, I only introduced, I only interviewed one of the guys. He was amazing to interview. And I won through some contest, or I donated a lot of money or something like that, I won a cameo in one of their music videos, which hasn't happened yet. But what's going to happen right now is you're going to hear Lords of the Trident's song, Alone in a Coal Hall.
Alright, so Lords of the Trident. Now here's here's what's funny to me about Lords of the Trident. And this has nothing to do with their talent or their personalities. They are amazing people. But when you're from Chicago and you're a Chicago Bears fan, you instantly have to hate everyone from Wisconsin because they are automatically Green Bay Packers fans. Now, I'm not a big football fan. I'll watch it, and I know what's going on, but it's like not the coolest thing for me. It was cool back when the Bears won the Super Bowl, which is probably before a whole bunch of you were born, but that's neither here nor there. That was a huge time in Chicago. Let me tell you, we had the Super Bowl shuffle. We we were all wearing Bears. Nobody. You didn't even have to know football. You just knew that the Bears were rocking it, and that Super Bowl shuffle is ingrained in my head. Refrigerator Perry, he was my favorite. He wasn't the cutest, but he was my favorite. Anyway, so so for me to talk to a Wisconsin person and not make fun of them the whole time was a little difficult, and I might have let down fellow Chicagoans, but it was the best I could do if I'm handed a, a band from Wisconsin, which I don't have money. Maybe there's just cheese heads in Wisconsin and not metal heads. But Ben from Online Metal Promo found me Lords of the Trident. And they turned out to be, oh, forget it, not they. I've never, I've never talked to they. I've spoken to the lead singer. He is just awesome. And he's hilariously funny. I mean, he's just, just a laugh a minute. And so, so that's that. So if you're interested, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. If you're interested in getting to be a part of a compilation CD, which goes out to, I don't even know how many people, but it really gives you a good chance to be heard. Get your music and send it or, or get in touch with Ben from Online Metal Promo on Facebook. Don't tell him I send him, I sent you because I don't have permission to do this. But he's a great guy and he sets me up with amazing interviews and he is intensely patient with me, which I don't know if you could tell from this show, but it takes a lot of patience to deal with me. It really does. Um so that's that. So that's Ben. And so he is from California. He's from Ontario, California. And the only reason I remember that is because why is there an Ontario in California when there's an Ontario in Canada? So, but anyway, so we're going to move on. And I'm losing time. This is, this is the way I like to podcast when it all just comes together and I'm not searching for a good song and I'm like oh man this really sucks anyway Southern Lush is up next um I think you could call some of my girlfriends and me Chicago Lushes but no I'm just kidding Death Do Us Part from Southern Lush on the Metal Death.
right. So Southern Lush, <laughs> they're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when I looked up what genre they were, I, I really didn't look up what genre they were, but I looked up their page and that came up. And so under genre, they have Southern Rock, which I'll go with, Metal, we can work with that. And then it says Boogie. Well, I've worked in the music business for 10 years. Like I said it a million times, but it's kind of exciting for me. 10 years. Boogie? Boogie metal? I, I don't know. I think that was burned at Soldier Field with one of the Chicago bigwig radio jocks. When, when, Boogie. Oh my God. That's, that's like saying disco. You don't listen to Boogie. But Southern Lush Rocks, and I, and I had listened to their song for some reason earlier today, I just clicked on them and I was like, I really like this. I want to get this on the show. So I had written it on a note, which I didn't look at again then for the last hour and a half. And then after Southern Lush, I looked over and I was, or um, sorry, after Lords of the Trident, I looked over and I'm like, oh yeah, shoot, I got to get Southern Lush on there because I really like their song. So that's Southern Lush. And they're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And oh, Oklahoma. So my son, <laughs> so I have a dog and two cats. And I have a son. I have a daughter, but she doesn't live at home. She lives by Cubs Park. So whatever, just ignore her for now. So my son and I have a dog and two cats. And we've we've really been wanting another pet, which is dumb because my son leaves for school in a couple of months. So basically, I have been wanting another pet. And so this uh, metal musician, who we will leave unnamed, had posted this beautiful picture of a black lab that he couldn't keep for whatever his reasons were. And I said, I'll, I want her. I really, really want her. And I said, I, you know, how are we going to get her from Oklahoma to Chicago is a problem, but um, I'm willing to work with you. And, and so I sat down with my kid and we decided that we would fly to Oklahoma and we would, um, oh, and, and the guy had a dog cage. So I said, we'll fly to Oklahoma, we'll rent a car, We'll go get the dog in the dog cage and we'll drive home and it'll take two days, but we can stay in a hotel that allows dogs. Fine. So then the guy writes to me, are you willing to pay the rehoming fee of $35? So a whole bunch of swear words came to my head, but I calmed myself down and I said, no, I'm buying plane tickets to Oklahoma and I'm renting a car, and I'm renting a hotel room. Also, you don't have to feel guilty about giving your dog away for a really dumb reason. I think maybe you should waive the rehoming fee. And he said, well, the rehoming fee is to make sure you really want the dog. And I, again, had a bunch of swear words just whoosh into my brain, and I wrote back, as nicely as I could, I'm not understanding why two plane tickets to Oklahoma don't show that I want the freaking dog. Luckily, this metal guy decided to let his wife take over uh, talking with me because I was I was pretty hot. I was I was kind of ticked off. Um, he wouldn't say if she was potty trained. He said, "Well, she's crate trained." I'm like, "Well, what does that mean to you?" No answer. And, um, so I, I said to my son, I'm like, dude, um, no, I'm not spending the money on a dog that isn't spayed, 
isn't kept up to dates on their shots and that I got to drive 20 hours to bring her home. I can go to the shelter down the freaking street and the dog, who cares if it's owned by a metal person? Anyways, that's my Oklahoma story. So I didn't get the dog and I am actually very disappointed, but really that would be like trains, planes, automobiles, and vets. Just stupid. All right, so I'm really on a roll here. So the next band that I'm going to play, and for absolutely, it doesn't connect with anything else in the show other than I like it. This is Switchblade Jesus. Um, I know there's a funny story to go with Switchblade Jesus, but it was years ago. So this is Switchblade Jesus with Bastard Son. And if I haven't talked enough yet on the metal deli, we still have half an hour to go. Can you imagine what it's like to be married to this? It's hell. Still a young boy 
So that was Switchblade Jesus with Bastard Son, and they are from Texas. Um, now, I one of the things that I get asked all the time is, or said, or, or mentioned is, you must have some pretty funny stories, and I do. Now, I, I'm sitting here, and I really want to tell you this story, but I don't remember the band that the story connected to, so... So I'm, I'm just going to tell you the story anyway, and when I figure out what band it is, I'll, like, you know, whatever. So I'm sitting in the airport, and I don't remember where I was going quite a few years ago. Again, all these things that hiatus can do is screw up your brain. So I'm sitting in the airport, and my flight is delayed, and I'm just sitting on a chair, and there's a woman sitting next to me, and there's a couple people sitting next to her, and we're all kind of looking to see how much longer this, this, um, delay is going to take. So then, um, I said something, I'm not a funny person. Like I don't say jokes. I don't tell jokes. Um, if I do, I screw them up. I say the punchline first, but I, I can come up with a funny comeback. And so I don't know what she said to me and I don't know what I said to her, but it was funny. And she started laughing and she said, what do you do? And so I told her and she like, gets out of her seat and she starts jumping up and down and I'm thinking she's off her freaking rocker or she's on acid. It depends. If, if she's metal, she's on acid. If she's not metal, she's off her freaking rocker. And she says, oh my God, I'm an English teacher, which as you know, if you know me well, you'll know that to me is like, that's God has just put himself right in front of me. She says, I'm an English teacher and I have one of my favorite students of all time has started a metal band. Well, like, could you have sat two more perfect people next to each other? So she did give me his information, and he had just visited school, like, three years after he graduated and told her he was in this metal band. And he said, and she said, so here's his card. Tell him I sent you. Tell him I always knew he would amount to something, and I'm so excited. And then she said, please tell me when he's on the show. So I did get in touch with him, and he seemed none too excited. I mean, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll send you my music. And I was like, dude, can you be a little excited that your teacher believed in you? Like, how many teachers really will go out of their way? And, and I would love to play you his music, but I don't remember what band he was with, and it's really bothering me. But I have a different story for this next band. So I was doing a show focused on a, a particular country. And I'm not going to say the country's name because then I will give away the whole point of this story. But I, I had gotten in touch with many metal musicians from this country and said, I'm doing a show and I'm basing it on your country and I would really like your music. And they wrote back and they said, we'll give you our music, but we don't want to be featured on that show. We don't want anyone to know where we're from. Because we are not from any one place on earth. We are just from earth. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's, hey, you know, whatever you want. You're the, you're the artist. But I found it kind of interesting because if it weren't for his country, I would not have found him in the first place. But who am I? I'm not, like I said, I'm, I'm not Howard Stern. I'm not going to tell you all the bad shit about musicians or bands or whatever. So I'm not going to go tell you where this band is from. I will tell you that this band is from a country that they don't want you to know they are from. <laughs> Although I guess if you speak the language of this 
country, you're going to know. <clears throat> anyway, their name is Tangorodim. T-A-N-G-O-R-O-D-I-M. So I assume it's Tangorodim. And this is their song, Alcoholic Desecration. Liar! 
Alright, so, if you have no desire to know where Tango Rodim is from, don't look them up. But if you do, if you like that, that was alcoholic desecration, look them up, but don't tell them I told you where they're from. This is very important. And I, I get that a metal band doesn't want to be tied down to a country or a subgenre or or anything. Um, that's, you know... Many, many times we are not born where we want to be born or we are not connected to to those that we want to be connected to or maybe we're the black sheep in the family or so I was the black sheep in the family. I'll just tell you that right now. But 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 in reality, when you're in a band, you can make yourself anything you want to be. People are, you know, like Eddie Van Halen, there's no making his life private He's, you know, he's, he's got that, you know, prominence and that stature where people are going to go into his history and find out things he doesn't want you to know or doesn't care, you know, it doesn't matter. But, uh, so Tango Rodriguez, yeah, did ask me not to say where they're from, but that doesn't stop you from looking them up on Facebook. And I was glad that they said, here's our music. Just don't play it on that particular show. So that was Alcoholic Desecration. So since the show is wrapping up, oops, and I see I have more time than I thought I did. I, uh, wow, uh, yeah, let's see what's next. I guess it'll be a surprise for me and you. Very few 
padded room. All my fault. Why did I pick padded room? Because these guys rock. Now they have broken up. It just pisses me off. I really feel like I should become like the therapist to the musicians. Don't break up. You've got a good thing going. But they were also really nice guys. They just, uh, they really pushed my show and made sure that their fans listened. And and that is just something that I appreciate so much. And any podcaster, any podcaster who takes music that has been, you know, worked over and cried over and fought for, if they play your music and the whole world can hear it, send them a thank you. Padded Room was like just the greatest guys. And um, I'm not really still in touch with them like we don't write each other but if I when I go tell them that they're on the show I know they're gonna be just really excited because because a good band you don't forget I mean obviously you haven't forgotten Led Zeppelin right okay so I'm pushing things so so for the last band we're going back to Sean Peck who probably earlier when I asked him for music had no clue I was doing this but to be fair Neither did I. It just kind of like whooshed through my brain. So this is Sean's band, Death Dealer. And again, they're from California. And this is Judge, Jury, Executioner. And the reason I picked this song is because it was only released on the Japan editions of their CD. I think that's pretty freaking cool. Death Dealer here on the Metal Deli. Stand before the jury And face the
death dealer with judge, jury, and executioner. I am running out of time, so let's see how fast I can say this. Thank you to all the bands who have been on today. Cage, Spillage, Pain Savior, Earth and Grave, The Skull, The Three Tremors, Twice, Southern Lush, Lords of the Trident, Switchblade Jesus, Tingle Road Dream, Padded Room, and Death Dealer with special thanks to Sean Peck and Sean Peck and Sean Peck because I have annoyed him like crazy this last week for music. And also thanks to Elvin Rodriguez, Tony Spillman, Mark Weiner, uh, Ron Holzner, <laughs> Ron Holzner, and thank you guys. This is my third time, my third show back in action, and I gotta tell you, if you can't tell from my voice, it feels really good to be here. Come back next week for more of the Metal Deli, metaldeli.com, and if you don't like metal, you just have to like me. <laughs>